0: Welcome to the podcast of the European Young Chemist Network (EYCN). My name is Mark Alada, and welcome to our new series. In this series, we interview the winners of the prestigious European Young Chemist Award 2020 to discuss with them their research and also ask them for advice for other young chemists. Today. We are talking about how we can enable novel reactions with the application of sound, which could allow for more eco-friendly processes in the chemical industry. For this, our Austrian delegate Miguel Steiner interviewed the silver medal winner at the early career research level, Dr. Gregory Chattel. Dr. Chattel received his PhD degree in 2012 from the Grenoble Alps University in France. He then joined Professor Rogers Group at the University of Alabama as a postdoctoral research fellow. At the end of 2013, Dr. Châtel came back to France and joined the IC2 MP at the University of Poitiers in France as an assistant professor, and in 2016 he joined the LCME at the University savoy Blanc where he performed research in green chemistry and sonochemistry for biomass and waste valorization as well as processes of fine chemistry. Upon completion of this, he became an associate professor in 2018.
1: So hello everyone, it's my honor to greet Professor Dr. Gregory Chatel from the University of Savoie-Mont-Blanc here with me today and we're gonna talk about sonochemistry a bit. So Gregory, congratulations again to the AIQ and thanks for the interview today and and my first introductory question would be what motivated you to go into chemistry and also how did you end up in the specific field of sonochemistry?
2: Thank you. In fact, during my studies, I particularly discovered the concept of green chemistry of John Warner and Paul Anastas. And I really wanted to work to make chemistry greener, more environmentally friendly, more eco-compatible, bring innovation in this field. So I started to work on sonochemistry during my master internship. I finally studied ultrasound organic chemistry during my PhD. So what is exciting in this field of research is that we can find totally different or new reactivities under ultrasound uh, compared to conventional conditions. We can imagine new reactivities, new innovations with sonochemistry and that's what is motivating.
1: Okay, great. So maybe for the, for the listeners, so sonochemistry describes doing chemistry with some application of ultrasound. And I guess most people have encountered ultrasound more in like a doctor's office for inspecting organs or, or joints. And could you maybe highlight how this ultrasound that you're using in a chemistry laboratory might be similar or different to the one that people have already made experiences with?
2: Sure. So, in, in our lab, we make chemistry with sound, it is not really music, but it is ultrasound. It is ultrasound rays are not in the audible region, uh, but in ultrasonic region that can be divided into two distinct uh, regions. The first one corresponds to diagnostic ultrasound, particularly used in medical uh, imaging the corresponding rays do not provoke modification of the medium. It is better for the organs, but the second region is is power ultrasound that we use in chemistry for sonochemistry from 20 kilohertz to 2 megahertz. They provoke some effect on the medium in particular through the cavitation phenomenon uh, which is the formation the growth and the collapse of micro microbubbles in the liquid phase, leading to intense local effects that we use in sonochemistry.
1: So, while both are categorized as ultrasounds, yours has a way higher frequency and has a way bigger influence on the water that is used as a solvent. Is this correct?
2: Yeah, it's correct.
1: And what are the main advantages of doing chemical reactions with uh, this bubbly water compared to uh, like a standard approach that one what would do in a chemistry in lab? What is famous in
2: chemistry research is that each sonochemical parameters can affect the cavitation phenomenon and the associated effects. And for example, it is usually accepted that in water, low frequencies lead prefer- preferentially to physical effects with shock rays, emulsions, mass transfer, improvements, and at high frequencies, the cavitation leads to chemical effect with the production of hydroxyl radicals. So the intense local effects, mechanical, thermal, and chemical effects, due to the, the collapse of the bubbles, are at the origin of all the application of sonochemistry. In addition, the Local hotspots liberate intense uh, pressures and temperatures. And um, for example, in organic sonochemistry, the main advantages provided by ultrasound are the decrease in reaction times, uh, the increase uh, rea- uh, reaction yields, the use of mild conditions, for example lower temperature leading to energy savings. Uh, the change of reaction pathway leading to new reactivity, the reduction of amount of catalyst, the uh, activation of metal solids, uh, metal or, or, or solids, and also uh, the generation of useful reactive species. So um, it is important to control all the parameters, uh, the frequencies, the uh, acoustic powers, and other experimental conditions. Um, another parameter that is essential is the reactor. The shape of the reactor has a, a great importance since we are speaking about the propagation of waves in a reactor. So it is important.
1: So those are really a lot of parameters to handle. So one has a lot more, a lot more things to consider, but also a lot more possibilities is this kind of the the reason behind big advantages yeah it's correct and as you already said in the beginning you're also mainly working on green chemistry which is a a field that focuses on the prevention and better use of raw material better waste management energy savings and also uh, to use solvents which are more eco-friendly and you and also other researchers have pointed out that sonochemistry and green chemistry have a strong connection. Could you maybe explain where this strong connection comes from and why sonochemistry is so interesting, especially for green chemists?
2: Yeah, green chemistry and and sonochemistry are both multidisciplinary. The eco-friendly processes based on ultrasound have been reported in many fields, such as uh, sonocatalysis, organic chemistry... Preparation of materials, polymer chemistry, biomass conversion, uh, extraction, electrochemistry, uh, and also environmental remediation. So, it is really multidisciplinary. As I mentioned, the advantages of sonochemical processes are the improvement of kinetics, the reduction of the amount of catalysts, uh, the work in water as solvent, and other improvements in terms of green chemistry. For example, the use of sonochemistry for biomass valorization is an interesting field uh, in link with green chemistry. The ultrasonic radiation are mainly used as pretreatment and extraction method to replace the, the use of unfriendly chemical or harsh uh, conditions and can provide the necessary energy to treat biomass. From my side, I especially work on the production of chemicals from biomass and waste through new reactivity provided by sonochemical activation. In addition, it is really difficult to identify clear trends in the literature except the improvement in terms of reaction time reduction, yield or mass transfer effects compared to silent conditions. And the use potential that sonochemistry can bring in this area. So the current challenge is to understand how ultrasound can be beneficial during the biomass conversion processing, and to understand all the mechanisms in the in, in these reactions.
1: So in a sense, uh, the ultrasound is more of an eco-friendly way to bring more energy into the system compared to the standard methods in, in the chemical industry right now, like very strong heating.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and we can also imagine new opportunities, new reactivities. So.
1: And you also already went a bit into this way. So what do you think, if it comes to chemical industry, what would be the best applications of ultrasound? And do you think that ultrasound will be used in pretty much most industrial processes in the future?
2: It's, it's a good question. <laughs> this is currently the, the biggest challenge in sonochemistry. Ultrason is industrially used for welding or cleaning applications, but still not very very little in, in sonochemistry. Currently, research concerns the transposition as the excellent uh, result obtained at lab to develop them at, on a larger scale the extrapolation of data collected at LAB is now possible through different software and through the development of new reactors, um, Extraction, biomass valorization, also specific organic reaction are for me the best candidates for large-scale application in, in the next future. And we are working for that, especially through the development of continuous processes uh, at LAB.
1: And do you have any time estimates and what do you think are the biggest issues to overcome both in the research field and also in the practical application in industry?
2: I hope very soon. We are also finding patents in this direction actually. One of the problem is that sonochemical processes require new equipment and industrial companies want to be sure of the added value before investing in Less conventional equipment, because for now they don't have this kind of equipment,
1: so it imposes additional risk factor for for companies to invest in in such a new process, yeah. Okay, so thanks a lot for highlighting your, your research in this mini-series of interviewing all the ECA uh, winners. We're, we're also asking a bit about career advice that young chemists can take for themselves. So, so what are your further goals in, in your career?
2: In, a, in addition to my research activity, I am also a teacher at the university. It is great to teach students uh, new concepts to, to share my job, my, my passion. Another aspect that I like a lot is communicating with the general public or with school children. I attend to this kind of events and it is also an interesting exercise to explain our research to the general public. I really think it is our duty to communicate on our research, on scientific advances, to explain, to alert to teach uh, the general public.
1: Okay, thanks a lot. And when you teach, are there any special advices that you give uh, young chemists in general for their career and for their research?
2: Experiment. <laughs> Don't be afraid to innovate and test new ideas. Do not hesitate to collaborate, to learn more from other chemists, other chemistries, and share your ideas with different collaborators, because uh, we are scientists, we are not alone in our job, we we have to work with other scientists, even through multidisciplinary approaches, and I think it's great to to work in this sense.
1: Yeah, definitely agree with you there. And could you give maybe also special advice to, to students that are not really sure in which field of chemistry they want to specialize in? And also maybe the other side of the students that already pretty exactly know where they, they wanna specialize in.
2: For those who, who do not know in which field to specialize, I think it is important to be able to, to do internship in different fields or work on different type of projects. It's it allows you to, to know what you like and also what you don't like and you have to, to practice, in fact, to, to know if you like or not. For those who know, do not hesitate to look the different research activities of different laboratories. You can contact them, discuss, and also ask them for an internship. I think it's the it's best to, to practice.
1: So practice is the best education. And which advice would you give PhD students, both that are that just started their PhD, and those that are finishing the thesis right now.
2: The, the advice that I could give for a PhD student at the beginning, during, and at the end of his PhD is to develop his uh, network. Because the, the chemical community is very small, especially in each research field, the network can open new opportunities for young chemists, maybe in one year, two years, or even in five years. So my, my advice is to develop and use your scientific network and stay open with that.
1: And I think that's a really nice ending to this interview. So thanks a lot again for sharing your research in the EYCN podcast and also for giving such great advice to young chemists in general. And we wish you all the best on on your further career. And thanks again for taking part in this interview.
0: Hello, it's Mark here again. We hoped you liked the third edition of our new series. Stay tuned for the last winner and feel free to listen to the previous editions. Please, as always, leave your feedback by rating our podcast, And if you have any questions or further remarks, you can also send us an email at podcast at eycn.eu. See you soon.